Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and thanks for joining us again for the greatest rivalry, a podcast brought to you by Wisden. I'm Nick Eshragani. And I'm Adif Nawaz and this is a look at the historic rivalry between cricket's biggest foes on the field, India and Pakistan. And we're here in association with a great new product that is taking cricket coaching to a new level. It's a gadget called BatSense and it's available at kpsmartsports.com. It's a lightweight device that fits snugly onto the top of your cricket bat and it connects wirelessly to your smartphone. It'll track your technique and send all the data to your app so you can see what you're doing right and what you need to improve on. It's also got a six-hour battery life too and you can get yours now for a reduced price of just £97 plus postage just head to kpsmartsports.com now we've done our historical look back so this week it's time to put together our combined ODI 11 with players from both sides and this is going to be pretty exciting to see thanks also to all the listeners who've been having your say online some very curious names on there I'm going to say some that made me chuckle a little bit but uh, now it's time for Nikesh and I to have a go Nikesh are you ready with your Indian openers Yes, right. Let's. Uh, th- this is not going to be too much of a surprise uh, in ODI cricket. Uh, the most successful ODI opening pair of all time. I'm just going to put it out there, Adif. Uh, Tendulkar, Sachin Tendulkar, and Saurav Ganguly. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't really beat that. Really, they've been absolutely incredible. Um, I would have thought, I would have thought you'd give Sehwag a shout up there as well. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Sehwag. A lot of people would go with Sehwag, but you know, you look at his ODI figures and. Not quite as impressive as his test match stats. Um, you know, his strike rate is right up there. A little bit hit and miss. I mean, he averages sort of low 30s in uh, ODI cricket. These two mid 40s and, and having played, you know, Tendulkar 440 odd matches, Ganguly, you know, nearly 400 matches himself as well. And, and those kind of figures that they've got, the runs, the centuries, the averages... And uh, the average partnership as well, which I think is crucial. You know, they've got the most runs together, the highest average uh, out of ODI pairs who've played together over a certain period of time. Um, so, you know, to get a, to get the team off to a good start, you need look no further than Sachin Tendulkar and Saurav Ganguly. Yeah, no, I mean, so... It's, How about you? It's hard to be that. I've got uh, a slightly obvious choice in Saeed Anwar at the top of the order, yeah. uh, probably Pakistan's... Probably the greatest opener of all time, probably. Uh, and alongside him, yeah, I was I was tempted to go for somebody new like um, yeah, Fakhar Zaman, uh, who sadly has been a bit inconsistent lately. And you know he's at the very early stages of his career, but he does have that iconic 
innings to his name. Uh, but in the end... You're not going to go with someone like Amir Sahel, perhaps? Uh, Amir Sahel was definitely in consideration, but again, he's, his career average just leave a little bit to be desired. And, you know, oddly enough, he's he's got a better average in test cricket where, you know, he's got some big double hundreds and things to lean on. But I, can't, I couldn't really put him in. The, again, he's had some nice iconic innings, but... I mean, you know, Venkatesh Prasad would have him in his <laughs> ODI 11. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> well, he may do. I mean, he, you know, he was a decent player. But yeah, I get what you mean. You know, his again, his test stats are better than his ODI stats. And um, do you think this is a bit of a problem area for Pakistan? Because Saydan were, you know, one of the greatest of all time, in any country, uh, you know, he'd get into any any eleven during his playing days uh, in ODI cricket, particularly, but always struggled for a consistent partner at the other end. You know, somebody who could sort of almost match the stats that he's got. Yeah, no, I think it was he had the longevity, didn't he? Because he he had a few different opening partners. He played with Sahil for quite some time, but he also had to play with uh, with Jahadul Awasti, with Imran Farhad. Uh, Tofiq Umar, there were so many different opening batsmen that he ended up playing with and sometimes Pakistan mixing and matching and putting their middle order up and things like that. But he was quite iconic all the way through. And you've got to remember he had this record, which he set against India, oddly enough. He, he scored 194, which stood yep. as the highest individual score in uh, one-day cricket for 16 years. So it was pretty... Um, he's a pretty iconic player. So it's hard to find somebody who matches him. In the end, I had to be a little bit... Um, you know, tactical with my choice here. And I went for Shahid Afridi. Wow, okay. Um, who's also, he's opened the batting uh, quite quite often, actually, for Pakistan. You, you forget how often he used to open the batting. Him and Imran Nazir had quite a uh, a dashing, exciting opening partnership going for a while. And uh, sadly, you know, they weren't super consistent, certainly not with the bat. But uh, they were both great to watch, great value, a bit of pinch hitting at the top. So I opted for Saeed Anwar and Shahid Afridi as my two. Um yeah, the yeah. the Freddy thing is interesting because uh, that sort of happened towards the late nineties, when you know ninety six World Cup it became a trend, didn't it, with Jayasuriya and Kalwitrana from Sri Lanka, you know, winning them that World Cup and just coming out and blasting everybody during those power play overs, and you know, literally every nation around the world took note of this and thought, right, we need to do something similar. And Freddy was also, of course, Pakistan's answer uh, to try and solve that at the top of the order. You know, came off sometimes didn't come off probably uh, a lot of the time but uh, you know certainly on his day uh, could could certainly get get them off to an absolute flying start uh, but I, I think you know in a, in a combined 11 you need that consistency you need that longevity you need the the, the stats to to back it up over a long career you know Shada Freedy did open for a bit not a specialist opener you know found himself uh, way down the order uh, in later days as well so I'm probably going to exclude him would you agree with that yeah no i think i think that's fair he does give you an option with the with the with the leg spin and of course in this kind of list it's difficult to see him i'm picking shy the free as an opening batsman of your combined 11 is always going to be a long shot do you know what um, you've done there do you know what you've done there adif uh-huh you've you've excluded him for, from your 11 now haven't you because he was your opener i mean if you'd played him down at number seven or something like that he could have got in as a leg spinning all-rounder but but that's gone now I think you, you, I've got a few other leg spinners that I'm going to play ahead of Shida for you. He did. He actually just started his career. He was played as like a, a backup leg spinner for Mushtaq Ahmed, and it was only because he 
you know, in his first innings, he hit that uh, that world record century of 37 balls. That's the only reason he ended up picking up this mantle of batsman. And he did play some really nice innings, and he did improve his batting to a touch. But essentially, he was a leg spinner. And even, you know, by his own account, he was always a leg spinner. And um, yeah, I mean, if when you look at the history of leg spinners in, in Pakistan, I could probably think of at least three off the top of my head that I would play ahead of Shai the Freedian. And spoiler alert, you're going to hear at least one of them a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've got an idea who those names are. So so what are we going with? What are we going with at the top? I mean, Sachin Tendulkar has to get in there, right? Yeah, I think you can't, you can't not play Sachin Tendulkar. And I do love uh, Saurav Ganguly. Like, I've enjoyed his play. I like his passion. I think he's... You know, a very I- iconic player, and who doesn't remember seeing his bare-chested image at Lords? Uh, you know, that's <laughs> an image that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life, for better or for worse. But uh, I, uh, I, I'd lo- I just think in a fantasy scenario, watching Saeed Anwar play alongside Sachin Tendulkar, that is that it would be so cool. Specifically because, as you say, Saeed Anwar never had that consistent iconic partner to go in there with him. I mean, who's more consistent and iconic than Sachin Tendulkar? Like, Did they play something... together? Did they play together for an Asia 11? I think they might have, actually. I a think World they... 11. I I'm think pretty they... sure they did. Um, I can't remember where the match was. It may have been down in Australia. It was probably 99 or 2000. I remember Michael Bevan got a few runs in that game for the Aussies. Um, Ganguly was involved as well. I think Ganguly may have batted three in that game to allow Saeed Anwar to open. I, I, I can't be sure of that. It's just, just these memories at the back of my head. Um, but yeah, they I, I think they may have well played together. And, uh, you know, a lot of these players uh, would have only come together in situations like that. Um, and yeah, it would have been great to see them uh, together for that long period of time. It does hurt me, Adif. It hurts me not putting Saurav Ganguly in there because he was my captain as well. Um, of course. Uh, <laughs> and he was a great captain, by the way. Like, I mean, he, he took you guys yeah. from from relatively middle middling ground, uh, which is not any kind of critique on the previous captains. But he was kind of you know right at the at the face of that transformation phase for India, where they started to kind of con- begin this uphill, um, you know, um, march and. It moved on with Mahendra Singh Dhoni, obviously, but I, uh, I he is a very iconic captain. Um, you know, if it makes you feel any better, Shahid Afridi captained for Pakistan quite a bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't your captain in your combined eleven, surely? No, no, he was He wasn't the captain in the combined eleven, but um, I suspect there's a few players coming up that have got really decent captaincy credentials. There's a few, there's a few yeah, yeah, from both sides. Um, go on then. We'll we'll go with we'll go with Tendulkar. And Saeed Anwar, if you agree. Yeah, let's do that. I quite like that at the top of the order. I think that'd make the next time I'm playing a, a, one of my fantasy cricket games on, on PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, I'd, I'd settle for that opening partnership for sure. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I mean, top scores of 194 and uh, 200 as well. So, uh, and uh, you know, not not just that, but the averages, the, the longevity, you know, the, the sheer weight of runs. And uh, I suppose... You know, these are two of the batsmen who opposition teams would be sort of targeting, you know, to they, they'd be making plans specifically for these two batsmen because they are so good. So, uh, OK, so we've got our openers sorted. Sachin Tendulkar and Saeed Anwar. And, and already the sound of that, Atif, is, you know, you know, you've had these conversations as kids as well. Imagine if, you know, in the 90s, uh, some of the Indian batsmen were in the Pakistan side and some of the Pakistan bowlers were in the India side. You know, it could have taken on the world, but certainly these openers would have taken on the world. So who have you got at number three? 
At number three, I've got uh, a relative. Well, you can't really beat this player. He's so, so good. Um, you know, so iconic for Pakistan. He's been a captain as well and a coach and a mentor and uh, you know, the figure of much ridicule sometimes, but also somebody with an exceptional record in uh, both forms of the game that he played. And that's Inzamamul Haq. I've gone for it, number three. Inzi, Inzi, batting at three as well. Yeah, I know. I know he played at four sometimes and uh, he oscillated up and down. He was one of those players that could bat really anywhere he wanted aside from, he, he did like the shine off the ball a little bit. But if you recall, a lot of the time that he played for Pakistan in the 90s, the openers would go pretty early. So he would be there at <laughs> over three, four, five and, you know, playing with a relatively new ball. But he just had that kind of calming uh, impact on the team. You know, the idea of just a player that has so much time on the ball, you know, never really looks rushed and, you know, I know people fixate on the runouts, but he's actually got an incredible record and was just hit the ball so hard. It was quite an imposing figure to bowl to. So I, I, I've got Inzamam at number three. Who have you got? I've got Rahul Dravid, who, you know, many people will say, you know, Rahul Dravid, really, in a one-day side. But you just look at the figures, right? 344 matches, 10,889 runs, an average at just under 40, 1,200s, 83.50s, and... Uh, you know, just that calming influence at the top of the order because I've gone for a team and, and even with taking Ganguly out and putting Saydan we're in, they are quite swashbuckling as as we get down the order and even at the top of the order as well. But you, you need that anchor, you need that wall, you need that somebody who can just bat through the innings. And, you know, by no means was Rahul Dravid uh, boring to watch, uh, especially in one-day cricket. I mean, you just, you know, look at those figures for a start. The, you know, he scored runs everywhere. He went around the world in all formats of cricket. And uh, white ball was no different. And I just I just think at number three... Particularly, as you said, you know, you can always lose a wicket early in these ODI games and, uh, you know, you lose one or two early on and you're struggling, especially in the power play. But when you've got somebody like Rahul Dravid, just to ease those nerves, I can't, couldn't think of a better man. And, um, you know, for me, Inzi's batting too high. I don't know. I'd, well, I, let's I don't know. Uh... I mean, let's we, we could still fit Inzi in. Let's do this because I, I, I really like, I like the idea. I like the idea of having Raul Dravid at number three. Who do you have at four? We might be able to do a little three-four situation. I'm not sure we can do a three-four situation. <laughs> who do you think I've got at number four? Come on, who bats four? Uh, who, who bats three or four, right now? It's, it's gonna, it's gotta, it's gotta be the greatest of all time, right? It's gotta be Virat Kohli. Is he the greatest of all time in your eyes? In my eyes, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've definitely got a modern bias, but I, I, you know, I just I can't get enough of watching the guy play. And uh, you know, I always I hear all the comparisons. You know, people talk about the Big Five with like you know Root and um, you know uh, all, all all the others and you know Barbarism and things like that. But I really do think he's in a class all by himself. Like Virat Kohli, just so unbelievably consistent. A complete match winner. He's got the complete game. He looks like a robot that was built to bat forever. Uh, and look really good doing it. So I mean, for me, he's definitely he's definitely like, he's the one pick that I wouldn't even contest. And I had a respect for him. I don't even think I'll tell you who my number four was. Uh, no, I will tell. <laughs> Go you. on, I tell will. me. Of tell course me. I will. It was it was Javed Miandad, Um, You know, the only well for, for a while, the only Pakistani player who'd played six World Cups. The only Pakistani player, or the only player in the world to play the first six World Cups. And yeah. not somebody you immediately think of as like an, uh, uh, a one-day specialist, but he's actually got an incredible record in one-day cricket with 8,000-plus runs and, um, you know, many, many iconic innings, particularly against India. You know, he hit that 
last ball six in Sharjah that was celebrated for a very, very long time. Um, you know, and he still talks about it to this day. Um, Javed Mirdad, iconic player. Um, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like for me, Kohli's an automatic pick in the, in the, in the, in the 11. Like I wouldn't, if I'd let either of those guys go for Kohli, um, for Dravid, again, I have so much respect for Dravid. I love watching him yeah. play. I really resent those those um, dull or boring accusations because he's just technically so proficient. You know, he plays the anchor role so well. He's never really rushed. He's never pursued by things like strike rate and things like that. But I do think the modern game requires even your anchor players to be quite dynamic and aggressive. So All I... Right, here's, here's what we do. I mean, look... You know, there's still a couple of other batting positions in the lineup, so uh-huh. so let's not cement anything down yet. We'll we'll put in Coley at four. We're agreed on that, right? Yeah, Coley at four. Four. I'm completely happy with that. Three or four, but sure, he'll, he'll be in there. And uh, five, I've got Rohit Sharma, who, you know, is an opener, but you know, ahead of in my lineup, ahead of Tendulkar, Ganguly, and even now Anwar, he's not getting in that top two. You know, even though he scored, you know, three triple, uh, three double centuries in ODI cricket, uh, you know, he just takes attacks apart. Five centuries in the last World Cup. I mean, give it a few years, and we may talk differently about Rohit Sharma. It's always different when players retire, and we reminisce about how great they were, and we can properly look down and analyze their whole career. I mean, at the moment, he's he he's for me the best opener in ODI cricket, bar none. Um, you know, I don't. Don't care who anyone else has got in their lineup around the world. You know, Jason Roy, Johnny Bairstow, um, David Warner. I just think Rohit Sharma is on another planet in terms of just his appetite for runs and scoring quickly and just just taking teams out of the game almost in, in the first 15, 20 overs. Um, so that's the reason why I've got him in there. Um, but, you know, it's it's difficult when you've got people like Inzi around and... Uh, I mean, let's let's look at Inzi's record now. So Inzi, quite similar to Rahul Dravid, yeah. In terms of he, he played a few more matches, but the average is very similar, just under forty. Uh, he played three hundred and seventy-eight matches. Inzi uh, scored, you know, eleven thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine runs. He's a World Cup winner, which you know Roy Sharma doesn't have on his CV. He was left out of the twenty eleven. World Cup squad. He was just a young man at that point in time. Inzi was a young man in '92, but played a big role in that. That innings against New Zealand. So you've got to take all these things into account as well. You know these pressure situations and and winning matches for your team under those kind of circumstances. Um, I mean, there's always a run out on the cards. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it depends. Inzi's who, there. He's 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 at. Well, I mean, if you look at the purport, the number of times he got run out was quite high, but. He did well, the number of times he ran out other people as well. <laughs> I was going to say, because he's played 370-odd games, right? So, like, probably proportionately, he didn't get run out as often as people thought he did. But Yeah, yeah but I, sometimes he, he would have saved himself as well. So, <laughs> there is there is always that danger. But, you know, if he's already got a few runs in the bank, then uh, you're probably willing to, to risk that every now and again. Um, so, w- would you be... Would you agree with this if we had perhaps Inzi, Dravid and Coley in that middle order? I'm not saying in in that order. Oh, I think I think I'd take anyone else. I'd take Rohit Sharma ahead of ahead of ahead of Rahul, sadly. I really would. Um because as you said, I mean, A, he's the only cricketer that's got multiple double hundreds and we're thinking about I mean, 
it's really difficult to compare eras, and this is why this list is so subjective, and I apologize to anybody that's listening that's getting frustrated by this, but, you know, you can only really look at the information that you have, and, you know, Raul Dravid was an exceptional player, there's no doubt about it, but for me, the way the game is played now, Rohit Sharma makes my team ahead of him every single time, just because he is dynamic, he makes masses and masses of runs, there's no barrier that he can't break through, like, you know, he's got multiple double hundreds it was thought of as impossible for the longest time and now he's got several of them um and you know i think he's very unlucky in a way that he plays in the same era as virat kohli or he'd be celebrated as the big star of indian cricket so um not to say he's not celebrated he's he's right up there but you know kohli's on a different level altogether in terms of following and and um, and personality and profile so i would go uh, but so my instinct would be to play inzi at three and Virat at four and Sharma at five. That's how I would do it. Yeah, you've you've kind of you've argued well for Rohit Sharma there. I mean, Rahul Travis. The only reason I kind of wanted him in there, obviously, he's a fantastic player, and the, and the records show that. But just that calm influence at, at number three. But you're right. I mean, we can't leave a man with three double hundreds out. So sadly, Rahul no. Dravid is going to miss this one out. I think. And we'll, we'll we'll have to go with those three. I suppose we can go with that order, but you know, as is the case in a lot of uh, ODI cricket, lose an early wicket, maybe push Rohit up to number three. Uh, you know, as a as somebody who's opened so much, or you know, fiddle about with it really. Um, but we'll we'll put those three in there. So Inzi, yeah, just write this down. Kohli, of course, and Rohit Sharma as well. There you go. That's a pretty. Okay, right. So that's. I mean, that's a pretty strong top five, yeah. isn't it? You might not get a bat at number five. <laughs> well, that absolutely. This is the thing as well, which is why I think you gotta you gotta consider the next players very carefully. At number six, have you? I I've opted for an all rounder at number six. I think an all rounder is what you want, and I suspect this might be the fiercest part of the debate because I I have a feeling yeah. who you've got, and I I think you've got a feeling who I've got. Who have you got, Nikesh? See, I know who you've got at number six. Okay. And if it is who I think it is, I think six is too high. Um, mm. Is it Imran Khan? It is Imran Khan. Okay, I think six is too high for Imran Khan, but we need to fit two all-rounders in there. And, and the, I've gone for two all-rounders in my side. and Well, three if you count wicket-keepers. Um, but I've gone for Yuvraj Singh at number six for that extra spin option. And, you know, man of the tournament in the 2011 World Cup, uh, you know, a mainstay in the Indian middle order for so long, finish matches for fun. And I think finishing is is a key skill in this side, particularly, you know, when you've got so much power at the top of the order, you're not going to get much of a chance to play long innings. So you need to be able to finish well in those last 10 overs if you're chasing or setting a target. And uh, I think Yuvraj Singh is the man, but, you know, <laughs> as a batter... I think he maybe has the wood over Imran Khan. It might sound controversial to some, but, you know, of course, <laughs> as a bowler, Imran Khan, you know, one of the greatest of all time in all formats. You know, f- forget the stats in ODI. ODI cricket was different back then. I mean, his stats are very good, um, but, you know, one of the greatest, uh, you know, particularly before his injuries took over towards the end of his career, uh, the speed at which he bowled and, and the kind of movement he got. 
uh, was absolutely outstanding, you know, particularly with the red ball, which is, you know, he played a lot of red ball one day international cricket, didn't he? He did. Um, and used to get that to, to really talk, particularly in the later overs with that reverse swing. Um, so, you know, certainly as a bowler, Imran Khan has that one. I just think... As a batter, I, th- I think in ODI cricket and the role you're asking somebody to play here, I think Yuvraj Singh takes it. Well... See, this is the thing. I think there's a common misconception about Imran Khan. He had a very long career. Don't forget, he played into his into his forties, um, and yep. uh, you know, in that last World Cup, that the, the 1992 World Cup that Pakistan won, of course, people talk about his captaincy and you know his bowling, you know, which was a, a few yards shorter, uh, you know, not quite as quick as he as he used to be, but his batting had evolved completely and he played a couple of really crucial innings including in the World Cup final to get Pakistan some crucial runs he batted a little bit higher up the order uh, I believe his his best performances did come at six uh, in the end I know people think of him as this booming fast bowler who, who could bat a bit but his time at sort of Worcester and Sussex like he really uh, worked hard on his batting and that county influence was always there that even, you know, you see this with English players in particular, historically, that even the English tail usually can get you some runs. Um, you know, he he worked really hard on his on his batting and he's got some really strong performances to back it as well. And also a couple yeah, of... Yeah, but could he tonk it like you, Vraj? Well, it's, as, you say, as you say, it was a different <laughs> Mr. game. Mr. Six Sixes, I know, different format, but Mr. Six Sixes. He was very... Listen, you, I've got a lot of love for you, Vraj Singh. I've, he's always been one of my favourite players to watch and just a lovely man off the pitch as well. But... I mean, Imran Khan is Imran Khan. He's offering you a unique kind of value and an option for captaincy as well, which might have to be shared considering who you might bring in next. But um, Shared captaincy, yeah. wow. <laughs> well, well, because... that, that, well I, I don't know. I, I don't know about shared captaincy. Um, there's the, the, yeah, there's a couple of guys who could do it in in the rest of my lineup. Yeah, I've got a couple of them um, as well, but I just think a- ahead yeah. of... Imran would be tough for, for, for anybody aside from maybe one iconic Indian cricketer. Uh, but, like, you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll cross that bridge at the next pick. But you think we should have two all-rounders. Um, uh, well, yeah, two all-rounders, but I'm not saying these two necessarily because there's there's one more bloke who's done a bit. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kapil Dev, who, who I've got further down the order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at number eight. Okay, um, and certainly he could bat six, seven, or eight. But you know, just given the the rest of the lineup, he's going to have to find a place down the order, unfortunately. Um, but you know, certainly, uh, certainly could hold a bat. Don't ask, don't ask any questions about that. Um, so we are we going? The only, I mean, who's going to bowl spin in this lineup? We obviously we've got time for a sp- one spinner, probably. Uh, you know, maybe down. Down the way, yeah. Um, There's a few options. Maybe as well. two, maybe two, I suppose. If we if we go with Imran, well, we've got to get a wicketkeeper in as well. There. Don't forget, we still need to get a wicketkeeper in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicketkeeper is is next, but see, this is why. Let's try and nail this down. Let's try because we're talking about Imran Khan and and Yuvraj uh-huh. Singh, and you know we, we need to bring Kapil Devin, who I've got a number eight, into that debate. Um, this is it's tough. This is tough. Kapil Dev's got a, got a, got a one eighty to his name, right? Or one seventy five uh, to his name. So 
Kapil Dev, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got a 1752. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely saved the day for India there in the 83 World Cup. They were, I think, 12 for 5 against Zimbabwe. Yeah. <laughs> lowly Zimbabwe, well, lowly ranked Zimbabwe. I think um, you're doing him a slight. And, uh, he just saved the day at Tunbridge Wells there. You're so... doing him a slight disservice playing him all the way down at number 8. I, w- I want to see him in the action. But who are you going to put him above, man? Who are you going to put him above? I mean, look, you've. I think we're going to have to go with Imran Khan at, at six. I think we're going to have to go with Imran Khan. So let's let's put him in at six. So I'll, I'll go with you I, on that. I, but we we still um, haven't done a wicketkeeper yet. And um, let's 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 go wicketkeeper. I mean, Kapil Dev's he's going to be in my side, and I'm sure I can convince you to put him in the combined eleven. Yeah. Um, keeper, I've gone MS Estonia. I don't I don't think there's going to be any arguments about that. I mean, well, listen, he's the only captain ever to win all three. ODI um, trophies, ICC trophies. He's won the Champions Trophy. Uh, sorry, not o- it's all three ICC World events. Uh, so the Champions Trophy, of course, 2013, the 2011 World Cup, the 2007 World T20, the first ever one. You know, he's he's captain fantastic. He's he finishes games for fun, just like Yuvraj Singh, who I mentioned earlier on. His, I mean, some of his innings in One Day International cricket when you. You know, his powers may have waned of late um, in terms of being able to finish games, but just the fact that he used to be able to time his his chases so perfectly, you think, when is he going to go? When is he going to go? He'd take it deep. He'd take it into the 45th over. India would need, you know, 12, 15 runs and over. He would be the coolest man on the field, and he'd just knock a few sixes and uh, see India home with, with time to spare, usually. And he did that so often, you know, batting down at, number six or seven in the order. I mean, he spent some of his career batting in the top top of the uh, order. You know, number three, he's had a few good innings there. He's got, you know, 140-odd against Pakistan batting up there. He's got 180-odd against Sri Lanka batting up at the top of the order as well. So, you know, he, he gives you that flexibility as well. You know, if the openers have done really well and you want somebody to come in and carry that momentum on, perhaps just send Dhoni up the order if there's not too many overs remaining and, and see what he can do. So he gives you so many options and, you know... In terms of captaincy, uh, you're right. I mean, his test match captaincy, I wasn't the biggest fan of. I thought he could have been a bit more positive. He he had opportunities to win test matches abroad and and was too negative in some of them. But in ODI cricket, in T20 cricket, he's the man. He's the coolest man on the field. He'll get the job done more often than not. And he has to be keeping in this side. Yeah, I uh, well, I mean, I, I, as much as I want to make a, a very passionate argument for uh, Umar Akmal, I'm gonna um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I almost didn't realize I mean, that was a joke. has had I some think. decent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's underrated. He's not. He's not. He's not terrible. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of stick, but I think he's actually he's actually better than people think he is. But I. I mean, I wanted to. There's there's some decent Pakistani keepers out there that you could go to. You could go to Moin Khan. You could go to Rashid Latif. Uh, you know, you could go to uh, Zulkarnain, who was there for a bit, and obviously Kamran Akbal, who had a really long stint. And obviously, some of it is mired by a, a, a phase where he didn't do very well, but he's actually got a decent record and is still incredibly effective in in the domestic game. And uh, you know, you got people like Rizwan and Safraz Ahmed. You know, Safraz Ahmed. The, uh, uh, ICC event, world event winning yeah. captain, and you could argue that he did it with the with the weakest resources of uh, of all the other captains of Pakistan. But they're all they're all good keepers. But um, I'd feel slightly disingenuous trying to put any of them above MS Dhoni because, as you say, he is a captain who's done it all, uh, and uh, a, a wicket keeper certainly. I think 
you know you could you could discuss the captaincy for sure but his wicket keeping his calmness under pressure his batting his general iconic status is you know few can few will ever match that so his keeping got... as well i mean i, I remember i was on uh... BBC Test Match Special uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it may have been during the Champions Trophy 2017. Uh, that one, Atif, yeah. Um, but yeah. Not, not, not in that <laughs> final. Um, but it was in one of the group games and um, there was a rain delay. I remember Australia, I think, were playing Bangladesh. Um, and there was a rain delay at the Oval. And during the interval, uh, a few of us were asked to go on and, and discuss this poll that the BBC Sport website was running. Um, and who would you put in each position in an ODI Lineup and uh, the position of wicketkeeper came up, and at that time, you know, MS Dhoni was still this legend of world cricket, and um, you know, he, he you know, batting better than uh, he had done for a few years as well. You know, he's right at the top of his game, and I was umming and ahhing about it. And James Taylor, who's now part of the England uh, selection committee, but you know, former England batsman, was saying, "How can you not pick Dhoni in any sort of all-time ODI eleven? He's the best keeper standing up." that he's ever seen in, in, in his lifetime and, and that there has ever been. And and just looking at him over the years, you, you've kind of got to agree with that. I mean, standing up to the spinners, standing up to the medium paces as well, the, the stumpings that he's got to his name, the catches uh, when he's standing up as well. I mean, I think his keeping has often been underrated, but he, he's really had to work hard on it. When he first came into the side, he wasn't the best of wicket keepers. He wasn't the most natural of wicket keepers, but he really, really worked hard at that. And I think, uh, you know, I've got to agree uh, with that sentiment from James Taylor that standing up to the stumps, he's probably the best that there's ever been. Uh, yeah, I mean... Big statement. It, it, it is a big but, statement. You know. I'd, I'd, I'd have to review some tapes and things like that, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't dispute his entry into this team. Like, he's... he's isn't as I say, he's an iconic figure. Also, the recipient of probably the best cricket film, uh, cricket biopic. <laughs> it was ever wonderful, made, wasn't so. it? And uh, the, you know, yeah, the, the was, late Sushant yeah. Singh Rajput uh, played him so beautifully in that film, and uh, re- really got it bang on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is some story as well where he's come from. So uh, we'll we'll slot in MS Dhoni at seven. I yeah. think, so we've uh, got uh, Imran Khan, and then we got Kapil Dev at eight. Yeah, Kapil think... Dev at eight is my second yeah. all-rounder in this side. and Yeah, with my apologies to Abdul Razak uh, and uh, Azra Mahmood, who, you know, had a really good stint in the 90s. Friend of the podcast um, as well, Azra Mahmood. Yeah, yeah, but he definitely had a shout there for me. He's very, very good. And, you know, yeah, he's just so effective with the ball and the bat, really hard-hitting at the bottom. But I don't think he'll... I don't think even he'll mind, you know, getting bumped for a couple dev. So... Um, yeah, so I guess we've, we're down to eight now. But look, we've here, got to get here's nine, our dilemma, 10, right? Just before we even get down to nine, ten, eleven, we've uh-huh. got a bit of a dilemma here because uh, at six we've got Imran Khan, at seven we've got MS Dhoni, at eight we've got Kapil Dev, the 1983 World Cup winning captain again, with you know a very, very sort of you know decent side, but very underrated. You know, uh, sorry, very much underdogs. Uh, in that victory, not just in the final, in the whole World Cup. I mean, you know, just that story of they were 12 for 5 against Zimbabwe in 1983 and, and had to rely on Dev to, to save the day with 175 not out. I mean, they weren't very good at, at one-day international cricket before that. 
after that, they became very consistent in these sort of all-rounders they had in the, in the middle, you know, the Mother Lars and the Roger Binnies, and they all kind of stepped up and they won that World Championship uh, of cricket uh, in Australia in 1985. So they were a solid one-day side after that, and, and once they got that belief of winning that World Cup, but he really led them so well during that World Cup, and, and to take a side like that of, of people, of no hopers really, and to go and beat that great West Indies side in that final, uh, after scoring just 183 as well, and defending that against the likes of Viv Richards, Clive Lloyd, Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, you know, the, the list just goes on. Sure. I just think his captaincy had a lot to do with that and the kind of inspiration that, that he had on his boys during that tournament. So you've got three guys there who are potential captains. I mean, you've, you know, you've got captains at the top of the order as well. You've got, you know, Inzi captain for so long. Kohli's the current India captain. Tendulkar had a stint. You know, many people said if he had a better side and, and wasn't so stressed with, with trying to bail a, a weak India batting order out of these situations in the mid-90s uh, before he had the likes of Ganguly and Dravid as teammates, uh, then he may have gone on to be a really successful captain, you know, a great thinker of the game as well. You've got Rohit Sharma, who's captain of the Mumbai Indians in the IPL, vice-captain of India, you know, such a great record in white ball cricket, uh, you know, domestically as a captain as well. So you've got a lot of potential captains in there. Um, and, you know, maybe even a couple more to come. I mean, this is going to be a dilemma. We'll, we'll save that for a moment while we talk about our, our numbers 9, 10 and 11. And uh, give me a 9, 10, 11. Just give me all three because we may well have to change the order they bat in. But give, give me your three bowlers. I think this is going to be pretty the most predictable part of the podcast. Uh, this is going to be Wasim Akram, uh, Wakar Yunus and Siklan Mushtaq. All you know, I mean, I'm just going with, uh, with with in terms of the spinner. There were so many options, right? You've got you know you can go to Mushtaq Ahmed, you could go to Abdul Qadir. Uh, you know, there there was so many Said Ajmal, obviously some incredible uh, spinners over the years in in Pakistan, obviously in India as well. So we'll hear about in a Danish second. Danish sure. as well. Danish Canaria, very successful yeah. in terms of wickets taken. And you'll certainly hear more about Danish Canaria next week when we talk about our Test combined 11s. But I uh, yeah, in in the one day game for me there was nobody. Nobody that really came close to Sakhalin Mushtaq in terms of skill, and you know just that that threat to the batsman. Like he was the kind of bowler that could take a wicket at any given time. I know it's understated, but it's so difficult to understand exactly how effective the Dusra was when it first was unveiled onto world cricket. It was just a revelation. Every bowler, every off-spin bowler in the world now works on a Dusra, and that is because of Sakhalin Mushtaq's ingenuity. Like, it was yeah. something that came out of nowhere uh, at the time, and it was it was just unplayable. It was unthinkable. The off-spinner was considered, you know, it was all about the leggies at the time, these great leg spinners who can turn the ball and move the ball, and they've got the variation and going away from the right-hander. But for an off-spinner, you know, this was, this was a game-changer to bowl... Uh, uh, you know, essentially a leg break from an off-break action without any real discernible change is, you know, it was so extraordinary that, you know, it just ch- changed the game in many ways. So that's why I went for Saclane ahead of all the others uh, before the mob comes after me. Let's talk about spinners then. So Saclane, you know, 100%. I mean, he, he was my favourite Pakistani spinner of all time and, and, you know, proper gentleman off the pitch as well. Really nice guy. Um, and, yeah, that 99 World Cup when, when we kind of saw him probably at his peak 
um, around that time. And, you know, the hat-trick, I remember, against Zimbabwe, I think it was. Um, you know, and then he went to India and, of course, uh, bamboozled the Indian batsman uh, during that test series there as well. But, you know, particularly in ODI cricket, I think he was a guy, he was one of those spinners who you could bowl at the death as well, which I think was quite rare for a spinner during that era. Um, you know, just, just risking bowling them at the death when you're trying to contain a side. Uh, but he could do that so well and, and so effectively. And, you know, like, like you say, uh, inventor of the Dusra. Um, so, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, knock him for, for not having too many variations. He had the Dusra. He talked about the Tisra, which I don't, I don't think we ever saw the Tisra. I don't know if it was a, a Shane Warne kind of psychology situation there, you know, when Warne used to talk about Zooters and, and all these kind of deliveries and whether he was just trying to get into the batsmen's heads. But, you know, certainly um, he, he was one of the all-time greats. Why do you think it is, though, that like with him and even with Mushtaq Ahmed before him, why they didn't play a bit more. I mean, you kind of expected their careers to go on a little bit longer. Do you think that's just because of the the riches of, you know, spin bowling in Pakistan at that time that, you know, somebody else came along and took their place? Who was Absolutely. Better? I think with Pakistani cricket, particularly when it came to spinners and fast bowlers, there's always just been a paradox of choice. They have so many options and so much new young talent that comes through on a regular basis. It's hard to it's very difficult, particularly when somebody's been a stalwart like Glenn. You know, he played for such an extended spell in that Pakistan team that anytime he has any kind of dip, uh, you know, and Pakistanis and I suppose Indians to an extent can be very quick to react and quick to overreact a little bit to to like a, a weak performance. So I, I think it was the element of that, an element of different regimes wanting to push different players. Uh, I remember towards the end of uh, Saklen's career, uh, Shoaib Malik was being trained as sort of a Saklen Mushtaq clone. And it's really bizarre. If you watch uh, an early Shoaib Malik ODI performances, he bowls in an identical way. Not as effective uh, yeah. at all. Hafiz as well. You know, Hafiz as well was another uh, Shoaib Malik belt, clone. Wasn't there? Yeah, there was, uh, um, there was so many. Arshad Khan bowled similar. He was a bit taller, so he had a different... Um, kind of trajectory but there were so many bowlers that just it made off spin cool again you know off, all of a sudden so Glenn Mushtaq took what you know sort of was a very kind of gentle you know middle class English thing to do to bowl a bit of off spin while you're while you're getting ready to bat at number three he turned it into a real weapon a real feared part of like in Urdu they would use the word deshet, the threat that he had uh, with the, with the, with the ball and he could do it any time of the day like you know as you talk, as you say in the death nowadays you know it, it's the age of T20 and you see all this unconventional stuff happening all the time with spinners opening and spinners closing and you know Sunil Narayan I, I think of him in the IPL and all these things you know I I can't imagine you know it's it's you, you can you you can't fathom how effective he was in an era where these things just did not happen uh, so for me you know he's He's brilliant. And obviously there's some great Indian um, off and leg spinners, which I'm sure we'll hear about in a second. And, um, you know, they, they, they're all wonderful. But in terms of one day cricket, you know, he's got the hat trick as well. He's got that famous hat trick in 99 uh, in a World Cup. I think, you know, I think Saklan is is the one for me, um, even ahead of a couple of the fast bowlers, really. I think if, if we were running low, uh, I'd, I'd probably pick one of the two great W's and, and Sir Glenn, just because he offers you so much in that sense at his, at his peak in a fantasy scenario. Oh, my God. Yeah, you've, you've sold it well there. But, uh, you know, all, all all very good and, and all correct. I mean, he was uh, one of the 
all-time greats in ODI cricket, but such a shame. I mean, he only played 169 one-day internationals. I say only. I mean, you know, nowadays, especially in the subcontinent, you know, and even even throughout the 90s and, and the 2000s, you know, people tended to play 300 games if they were a stalwart of their side. You know, you talked about some of the openers there, you know, Tendulkar, 400-odd games, you know, Inzi, 370-odd games, you know, these guys played a lot of ODI cricket during that era, and for Sacklane to play 169 was was quite modest. But you know, 288 wickets, economy rate 4.29, which by modern standards is great. But by those standards, you know, maybe a, a touch high. But you know, he was an attacking bowler. I mean, you know, just the ratio of matches to wickets there, and the average 21.78, outstanding average uh, as well from Sacklane. So he was very much a, a wicket-taking bowler and an attacking option uh, for Pakistan during that time. Um, I've gone for Anil Kumble. Yeah. And uh, the reason I've gone for him above. You know, the likes of Harbhajan Singh uh, in particular. I know we've, we've talked about Yuvraj there being a potential option in the middle order. We've not gone with Yuvraj in this side. Um, I mean, Anil Kumble, not the biggest turner of the ball, but so accurate. So, so accurate. I mean, you know, very similar sort of uh, av- uh, uh, economy rates to uh, Saklane there. Uh, 4.3 uh, runs per over. You know, 337 wickets in 271 matches. Not quite... Uh, as impressive a ratio as uh, Sakhalin, uh, but still very effective. And he was India's biggest match winner in in all formats, really, during that uh, particular era in the mid-90s, um, you know, even more so than Sachin Tendulkar. I mean, Anil Kumble used to win matches single-handedly sometimes. Best figures of 6 for 12 in a one-day international. He, he's performed on the biggest stages. You know, he took uh, India along with the rest of the bowlers uh, in the 2003 World Cup all the way to the final. He was so good in the uh, 1996 World Cup where I believe he, he was the top wicket-taker in that tournament. Um, you know, such a such a great bowler. And he was kept out of the side particularly in ODI cricket towards the end of his career by a certain Harbhajan Singh, who could have quite easily been in my 11 as well. You know, another outstanding off-spinner. Um, you know, learnt a lot from Sakhalin Mushtaq, uh, he says, and, you know, both of them um, have spent some time with each other previously. Both played for Surrey uh, in county cricket as well. Um, so, you know, there, there are options. Um, and yeah, no, he's good. He's, <laughs> I love to have Anil Kumble in, in any side of, of mine. Of course, he's a, he's a. I don't think I can argue against Sakhalin, to be honest, because I remember I remember him at his peak, and and he was quite something. And I, I've I've never really seen batsmen as bamboozled with any other bowler other than probably Murali in ODI cricket. You know, in terms of just not knowing what he's going to do, um, and just for that little X factor, that mystery. I think we need to have uh, Sacklane in there as our spinner. So uh, we'll, we'll stick Sacklane in there. I don't know if we're going to put him 9, 10 or 11 at this stage. I mean, he could hold a bat. He's got a test centuries to his he name does. as well. Um, so he, he can certainly hold a bat. Um, he, um, but yeah, we'll put, we'll put Sacklane in there and uh, poor old Anil Kumble misses yeah, out. Yeah, but like a lot of, the, the thing is, the one benefit of getting rid of Anil Kumble from consideration, and of course, he's a great player and a great statesman. And, you know, I, I think he, he was just a you know terrific player all the way around and I hope we get to hear more about him next week as well when we do the test uh, 11 but yeah he, you don't want to add another captain into the mix <laughs> that's the last thing you want to <laughs> although do although he was he was pretty much I know he captained India right at the end of his career uh, in that test series against Australia in 2008 um, but for so many years, people said he was the greatest captain that India never had. A bit like Shane Warne with Australia, yeah. who only captained in, in a couple of ODIs, I believe. 
um, you know, just filling in basically. Um, and, and this was Gumble at the end of his career. But yeah, certainly I, I get what you mean. He's one of the great thinkers of the game. And uh, I, I think, you know, if it wasn't for Saurav Ganguly, then Anil Gumble would have captained for a decade or so uh, Indian cricket. But uh, yeah, we, we've got to go with Saklane. This is an ODI uh, 11 combined India and Pakistan. And uh, so far, we haven't got that little bit of mystery in there. So, so we've gone with the mystery spinner. Uh, Saklane Mushtaq uh, in there and um, I'll tell you the two quicks that I've got we know the two quicks that you've got you've got the two W's Wasim and Wakar I've got Jasprit Bumrah and Zahir Khan okay now Zahir Khan obviously World Cup winner you know arguably the greatest seamer that India have ever had um, you know you've got Kapil Dev you've got Javagal Srinath there's not a lot else to choose from, particularly post-war. I mean, there were a couple of guys in the in the 1930s who had particularly good records in Test cricket, but you know, in terms of of post-war, there, there have not been many who you could say were world-class apart from those three. So uh, you know, we've already got Kapil Dev in the side, um, and it was a bit of a toss-up actually between, for me, Javagal Srinath or Jasprit Bumrah. Um, and I've gone with Bumrah just because, you know, again, he gives you that little bit of X factor. He's got that sort of 90 mile an hour pace. He's got the awkward action, which batsmen find very difficult to face. He's got a, a killer Yorker, um, you know, such a brilliant start to his career. I mean, he's he's only a young man. Uh, he's sort of mid-20s at the moment. He's got a lot of cricket left in him. And uh, he he's the guy who really makes this uh, Indian bowling lineup tick these days. You know, India, when you look at their fast bowling riches, in their current setup, both in ODI and Test cricket, he's the leader of the pack. He he's he's the guy who everybody turns to when things aren't quite going right. They need a wicket. They need something different. Who do you put on? You give the ball to Jasprit Bumrah, and he usually gets the job done. So, I've gone with him ahead of Javagal Srinath for that. I know Bumrah. You know, you look at his stats. He's only played 64 ODIs, um, but he's got 104 wickets, a so very good ratio. Um, you know, strike rate of 32, which is outstanding. He's he's got you know. Four, uh, four wicket hauls on five occasions. He's got one five for as well. Average of 24.43 and, and it's only going to get better as well. Um, and, you know, as I say, he's got that speed. Um, and Zahir Khan, just, just for the, you know, I mean, I'm not going to argue with Zahir Khan above <laughs> Wazim Akram because I can't. He's, you know, he's, he's almost like a protege of Wazim Akram. He's, he's had advice from Wazim Akram. He's modelled a lot of his, his deliveries on Wazim Akram, but he cannot be Wazim Akram. For, for India, he's the greatest left-arm seamer that India ever had, arguably the greatest seamer um, of all time for India as well. But he, he's not going to get in the side ahead of Wazim Akram. So, uh, you know, uh, a special shout-out, I should say, to Zahir Khan, but let's just... Uh, Stick in Wazim, shall we, for the, uh, the um, <laughs> left-arm seamer slot. I mean, Wazim Akram, just to let everybody know as well, any all-time 11, whether it's Test Cricket, ODI Cricket, World 11, that I've ever picked in my life, Wazim Akram's always in there. So so I'm not even going to argue that. So he, he goes straight in. Yeah, he's uh, he's got, I mean... And then it's a toss-up you... between Jasprit Bumrah and Wakar Yunus. This is very interesting. In so people talk about Wasim Akram's incredible ODI record, right? He was, I think he was the first bowler to get to 500 wickets, certainly the first seamer uh, at the time. And then obviously a few people have caught up since because one-day cricket is played so often. But, you know, he did it all at an average of like 23. And that is extraordinary. Do you know what's more extraordinary than an average of 23? An average of 22, which is what Wakar Yunus uh, got to his 400th wicket with. And, you know, people think of... When people think of Wakar Yunus, they think of, you know, the, the, the super-fast bowler thing, the, the fast Yorkers, the toe-crushers, the reverse swing. 
when I think of what Guy is, I think of the bowler who broke his back and reinvented himself as an away swing bowler, as like a faster medium pace bowler towards the end of his career. His best return of, of seven wickets, it didn't come in the late 80s or the mid 90s or the early. It came in the early 2000s against England. You know, he got the ball to swing away and he reinvented himself. He was one of those really smart, fast bowlers who realized that there wasn't. You know, when we think about lost potential in Pakistani cricket, you know, people, you know, lament the time that Shoaib Akhtar spent away from the game. When in reality, you know, because of fitness issues, we really got the most out of Shoaib Akhtar. But, you know, he didn't have that secondary, that renaissance that... um, that uh, Wakar Yunus had, you know, that second part of his career that shouldn't have happened. You know, in the 1999 World Cup, he had to sit out that whole World Cup uh, because, well, a- apart from a couple of games, because Shoaib Akhtar was there. But after Shoaib Akhtar was kind of done, he came back, right? And now you had Wakar Yunus leading from the front and, you know, showing you exactly what he could do with the new ball. So because he's got that skill that record. And don't get me wrong, I love Jaspreet Bumrah. I love watching him bowl. I think he's possibly the best seam bowler out there in the modern game right now. Certainly, that's it, it, you know, that's something you can debate, but you've got a strong argument for him right up the top at the moment. But I just don't think he's played enough yet. I think if we had this if we had this made this 11 sort of in two years time or three years time, depending on how much ODI cricket India play, you could definitely make a case for him. If it was a T20 uh, you know, combined 11, or you were looking at his whole career, then certainly you could make a very strong case for him. But I think Jaspreet Bumrah, you know, on the strength of 60-odd ODIs against Wakar Yunus, you know, on the strength of, you know, 400-plus ODI wickets, um, iconic moments. Um, you know, he missed out on a World Cup winner's medal because he didn't play in that 1992 World Cup. But he has captain the side. Um, and again, you know, you know, Wasim and... Bumrah would be fun to watch, but is anybody really as fun to watch as Wazim and Wakar and their pomp? Yeah, it's it's difficult to argue against that, but I just think with with Jasprit Bumrah, he gives you something a little bit different, and and you know we've that is part of the reason we've gone with Saklain Mushta. I'm not, I mean Wakar Yunus, one of the greatest of all time, um, you know, but as you say in ODI cricket, you know. You compare the figures, and I know we're just talking about 60-odd matches, so, you know, definitely he had the longevity, you know, 262 matches for uh, Wakar Yunus, 416 wickets. Average is quite similar, actually, to, to Bumrah. I mean, Bumrah's is 24, and, you know, it's, it's going down. It's been creeping down for the last few years, and he's very early into his career, and he's just finding, you know, what, what he's, you know, best at and, and his sort of best options for what he's going to do in his first spell and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's just learning his game still. Wakayun is 23.84, so very similar. His economy rate is 4.68, which for you know for much of his career was was seen as quite high. You know, you look at the the great ODI bowlers of that era, the Sean Pollocks and and you know the the, the likes of him. You know, 3.68, I think it was. I think uh, Wasim was was lower than four. I'll just check that in a second as well. Um, so you know, it's a little bit on the higher side for for that kind of era of cricket. I know he was an attacking bowler, so so we'll take that into account as well, just like Saklane was and uh, Kumble before him, like we mentioned there I just think Jasprit Bumrah exemplifies what modern ODI cricket is all about I mean yeah Wakar Yunus had, had probably the best toe crusher the, the best in-swinging Yorker in world cricket we didn't see it as much in ODI cricket as we did in test cricket though I'm going to argue that partly because of the white ball and, and you know it 
the, the lack of movement. It still did used to reverse a little bit towards the end, but not quite as pronounced as, as in uh, red ball cricket. And Bumrah, he's just awkward to face. I, I don't think anybody would enjoy facing Jasprit Bumrah with that action at 90 miles an hour coming at your head coming at your toes you don't know what's going to come it's very very awkward it's always into you I mean he gets the the leg cutters going as well but it's always kind of into you he does get that reverse swing as well and I just think he's going to be possibly the 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 you know one of the greatest of all time in ODI cricket as long as he stays fit and and that that is why I really want to go with Jasper Bumrah Okay, let's have. I don't want to back down. L- on this let's one. have a look at our overall bowling attack so far, right? So we've got, yeah. uh, it, we've got Imran Khan and Kapil Dev as your all-rounders, right? Uh, and seam yeah. options, obviously. Um, you've got you've got Wasim Akram that probably will take the new ball, um, and then you got. But listen to this. So you've mentioned Imran Khan there. Imran Khan in his pomp, because we're talking about all these players in their pomp. We're not talking about. You know, towards the end of their career or when they were starting out, at their peak, uh-huh. all these players at their peak, and Bumrah's probably just reached his peak or reaching his peak right now. So taking what he is now, so Imran Khan versus Wakar Yunus at their peak, too similar? Maybe. Well, this is the thing with Wakar. This is why he's such a fascinating player to me because he he had two peaks. You know, he really, he kind of was finished off and then he came back and showed a completely different skill set that made him one of the world's best bowlers all over again. I, I just, it's so ingenious. Like, if you look at someone like Wasim Akram, it's, even with him, it's hard to isolate a peak period because he was so good for so much of his career. I was watching a Wasim Akram compilation a couple of days ago, and I do this often, to be honest with you. I, <laughs> I you know, and... There was there were things in there from from the late eighties and the noughties, you know, and they were all just as good as each other. In fact, I watched a charity cricket match that was Akram played last year in for the in support of the the bushfire appeal in yep. Australia, and he bowled he bowled a delivery which okay it wasn't as quick as it used to be, but that movement was right there and he struck the top of middle stump. It was extraordinary. So. You know, it's it's really hard to isolate peaks. I would say I do like Jasprit Bumrah, and uh, I think he's he does offer he does offer a lot of um, potential and a bit of youth. And uh, you know, as much as I I, I adore Wagar, you know, he's one of my favorite cricketers of all time, right up there, and uh, also just a lovely man, and um, and of course friend of the podcast. Of course, uh, <laughs> but uh, he yeah perhaps. Perhaps, I mean, I hear your thing about Red Bull cricket, and it was something, you know, that reverse swing, the things that he picked up from Imran Khan and Wasim Akram that helped him throughout his career. He was a tremendous white ball cricketer as well, but Red Bull is where he really, uh, you know, if you excuse the pun, shone. So... I'm happy to, I'm happy to, you know, and, and listen, this is all about goodwill as well. And, you know, <laughs> I think, I think there's a, there's a bit of, there's a, it's a bad time. There was some goodwill. So let's get Just Breathe Bumrah back in the yes, team. Let's, let's get him get in the him side, in. get him some experience. I mean, yeah, you've got to agree though, that that point, Imran Khan and, and Wakar Yunus, particularly before Wakar got the injury. And, uh, you know, when Imran was, was bowling as well as he ever had um, during the sort of, you know, earlier part of his career, there were a few similarities. So, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Let's let's go with Bumrah. Let's go with Bumrah. And now the and final debate. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I I'm going to propose something. Just do, do the... we do a twelfth man? Are we going to do a twelfth man? 
Oh, uh, should we put somebody in? Should we put Wakar in for for Goodwill? Um, you know, considering he's a friend of the podcast, isn't he? He, but, he but, is. But do we want somebody who's an outstanding fielder? Oh, okay. Or was See, that's during a, their peak. That's a better take on it. I think let's go with an outstanding fielder uh, for Pakistan. A couple of uh, men come to mind. Well, should we do it? Should we do it out of the out of the elevens that we've picked? Uh huh. Oh, we're gonna pick out the elevens that we've picked. Players that have been left out, but players who we think could do a job in the field. Uh, okay, let's do that. Let's go with, for me, it's not going to be Javed Miadad. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, I guess... So I guess... this is when Inzi gets 100. Or, or I remember, what what was it um, Azam Ramud said in that episode when he was talking about the 2003 World Cup where he didn't play in the match against India, but actually he did play because he was fielding <laughs> because every time Sayyid Anwar got 100, Azam Ramud found himself on the field the next innings. So, uh, you know, it's basically for a situation like that where, you know, one of your big boys gets 100, doesn't quite fancy going out to field, has a little bit of a niggle and says, you know... Young man, you go and you go and stand in the field for fifty overs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Abdul Razak then. He was in my original um, lineup as an all rounder, uh, quite a fit, athletic guy, a really of a, a nice guy, you know, quite amiable and uh, you know useful with the bat and ball and all that kind of stuff. But also, just I think of the people that I've got, it's really him and Azhar Mahmood, the two the two athletes. And you know, Azhar's had an incredible career. He played all the way into his late thirties and. Um, you know, still quite decent and, um, you know, yep. very fit and healthy and athletic and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I was tempted to go with Azra. I think I might just give the edge to Razak for 12th man to bring the drinks on, give him a few words of encouragement. Also, I'm thinking of a of a commercial that he did for like an insurance company where he gave a few <laughs> words of encouragement. It was it was really busy. Like, it's very it was very silly. But, you know, he's, he's an he's a he's a bit of a box office draw as well, Razak. So I'm going to I'm going to push for Razak. Who have you got? I'm going to go for somebody who's a bit more box office and certainly, uh, you know, maybe not so much towards the end of his career, but when he came into the side and for a good number of years was uh, India's, you know, part of that ring on the offside. He was at backward point. Mohamed Kaif was in the covers and it was Yuvraj Singh. I'm going to go with Yuvraj Singh. Great catcher, you know, great athleticism at that backward point position, held it for so many years, just outstanding in the field, really. And, um, you know, he can come on and... uh, you know, say he's got that little bit of X factor. Get his get his face on the cameras. Sell a few shirts. You know. Yeah. He's got I, that draw. Absolutely, and definitely an inspiring player as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he ticks all the boxes, and you know, it's probably best that we don't have a Pakistani twelfth man on the basis of recent controversies. So um, yeah, <laughs> let's let's let Yuvi do it. Yuvi's uh, got a heart of gold, and um, yeah, he, I think I think he would. He's one of those people who's all about the honor of the team and things like that. Like he would have no issues bringing on drinks and things like that. So yeah, I'm happy to go with Yuvraj. Now then, the big. The biggie, the big question here is who is going to captain this side? And I've only really got one person to make a case for, really. Well, I mean, there's several people to make a case for, but there's only one that I'm going to make a case for. I'm not going to make a case for Inzmam. I'm not going to make a case um, for Wasim Akram. Uh, I'm going to make a case for the one man who took what was a completely unfancied Pakistan team from the bottom of the standings in the World Cup in 1992, having lost all of the original games all the way to the top in what is still considered the most iconic performance in the history of Pakistani cricket. Uh, you know, more than 
more than two decades, almost three decades later. For me, it's got to be Imran Khan. He's just this incredibly... Ins- he's so inspiring, they made him prime minister, you know? <laughs> like, you know? And I don't know anything about his politics, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in talking about his politics. I'm really just talking about the man and the achievements and the, you know, the... You know the diplomacy of it all, the 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 friendship that he offers, the the you know the you know the incredible you know every Pakistani cricketer that you'll you know and, and you know we're we're finally getting to a time now where people are starting to look up to other players because so much time has passed. But anybody Pakistani cricketer that watched their cricket in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, even the noughties and the tens to an extent. Like they've seen all those clips, they've seen all the highlights, they've heard all the hype, they've read all the books. That you know they've they've seen all the tweets, they've seen everything. I mean, this man is an icon of the game, like a uh, a real icon. Like if you were drawing up a list of the five most important players in the history of the game, his name would be in there. And I'm putting him ahead of someone like Awazi Makram, who was an exceptional captain and had a decent record as well. But you know. Imran Khan was uh, on paper anyway the the second most successful Pakistan captain of all time in Test cricket uh, and in one day cricket the most successful. Um, so you know for that undeniable leadership, for that inspiring you know figure, for that just that iconic um, legacy, like I it's for me it's just got to be Imran. Yeah, definitely uh, an icon of of Pakistani cricket, world cricket. I mean. You're right, that 92 World Cup, you know, taking that side and winning it. But I've got to say, though, on paper, that Pakistan side, it wasn't a bad side. It wasn't as if they were just a bunch of nobodies who who went on to win the World Cup. Whereas with MS Dhoni, I know it's a different format, but he came into the side as captain in 2007, that World T20, you know, similar format, but we'll get onto the one-day stuff in just a second. But but that side, to, to have your first taste of captaincy in a tournament where basically all the senior players... You know, not all, but you know, most of the senior players, your Tendulkas, your Gangulis, your your Dravids, you know, your Kumblays, have all basically looked at this T20 lark and said, we, we don't fancy playing that. It's a Mickey Mouse game. And then, he, you know, to, to win that with that Indian side, the likes of Joginder Sharma, to bowl that final over to Mizbah Ulhaq, to, to have such a successful tournament. I mean, Joginder Sharma is now a policeman. In, uh, in the Delhi area, I believe. So, um, you know, he, he did have a great cricket career um, after that. But to take players like that from small towns, from, from unfancied sort of state sides and, and put together this, you know, with a bit of sprinkling of your Harbhajan Singhs and your Verenda Sehwags and, and one or two others, but, you know, essentially a very young group of players and to go and win that tournament in the style they did was outstanding. And he just went from strength to strength, really. I mean, to, to win the World Cup in 2011, I mean... What a guy to to be leading that side of, of, you know, so much experience in that side. But I don't think it would have been possible without somebody like MS Stoney and a coach like Gary Kirsten. But they just work so well together. And and for, for it to just go to plan, I mean, I've seen documentaries about that particular tournament and everything was mapped out. I mean, their road to the final, their road to lifting the trophy, they'd all mapped it out in their head, the journey. And this was all to do with, you know, Dhoni's psychology of just going through the motions. And even after they beat Pakistan in that semi-final, there, there were celebrations, of course, because they just reached the World Cup final. They just beaten their biggest rivals. But there wasn't as much when you hear from the team. It, it was just they expected to do that. And that sense of sort of that psychology and that expectation of just being winners all the time 
was really ingrained on the side. It had a lot to do with MS Stoney in that era. They, of course, then went on to win the 2013 Champions Trophy. Um, he's won so much with the Chennai Super Kings domestically as well. He's a gent. He's always smiling. He's so cool. And, and in a pressure situation, I can't think of anybody else you'd rather have captaining your white ball side than MS Stoney. So, uh, you know, maybe just let Imran do the batting, do the bowling and, and just play his best game. And, and you know, be there be there as a guy to, to, to advise, you know, you might need another slip in or whatever it might be. But Dhoni's the man. When, you know, when the proverbials hit the fan, Dhoni's the man you want there. Yeah, I mean... And I'm not even going to argue a case for Kapil Dev, who's the 1983 World Cup winning captain. You know, like I mentioned before, took that team of really sure. sort of average cricketers at the time and beat you know everyone and beat the Great West Indies uh, to go and win that title. But for me, Dhoni, Dhoni pips him every time. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. Like, I didn't make a case for Wasim Akram, even though he didn't win any World Cups as captain, but he did take the Pakistan team to the final of the 99 World Cup. And that was, yeah. you know, the, the big difference between that 99 side and the 92 side is the depth of talent. Like, imagine how good your team has to be to leave Wakar Yunus on the bench. Uh, you know, and then... And Mushtaq Ahmed and Salim Malik. Exactly. You've got some world-class players who are just on your bench. Whereas with Pakistan, they really only had... Some players did come to the party and play quite well. Like, in uh, debuting in Zamam, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Amr Sahil, who was still very new to the team, and Ramiz Raja, again, sort of new to that one-day international team, hadn't really done anything of note until that tournament. Um, you know, there was uh, Zahid Fuzzle was in that side in 92. Again, some names that people won't really remember. But, you know, it was really uh, Akib Javed and, uh, you know, Mushtaq Ahmed and Wasim Akram who really came to the party for Pakistan with the ball. But, you know, it wasn't thought of as a strong team going into that tournament. And, you know, that corner tiger thing is so iconic. But here's the thing, man. We could go round and go back and forth for ages. So here's something I'm going to propose, right? It's not joint captaincy because that would be a complete cop-out. But I will suggest this. Let's have an Indian captain for one of the sides. And next week, let's do uh, 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 an Indian or Pakistani captain for the test side so that, you know, everybody's happy. Nobody's going to get upset. You know, people can exchange, you know, uh, food and mitai and all that kind of stuff. And there doesn't need to be any, <laughs> like, we don't need to start any Twitter firestorms or anything like that. So because um, because Dhoni has had, uh, you know, one could argue that Dhoni's had more access to more um, one-day cricket than Imran did. And certainly in, in an era where one-day cricket was given more prominence because Imran's, you know, greatest play, greatest times came in the 70s, the 80s in test cricket. That's where his iconic moments really lie. Yeah. Of course, the World Cup is the most iconic moment of all in 92. But overall, if you're trying to take a big picture of it, his iconic moments were in test cricket for me. Uh, you know, those incredible performances against the West Indies and, and uh, England, and we'll hear all about them next week. But... I'm willing to concede that because of his record, his reputation and, you know, performances and probably his percentage as captain, uh, I'm willing to let, um, uh, you know, MSD uh, captain this side. Excellent. So we'll go Dhoni captain. Right. So we've got our 11 and our 12th man indeed, of course, as well. Um, so let's just get this all together and we can read it out. So this is... Uh, our combined 11, Atif Nawaz and Nikesh Raghani's combined ODI 11 of uh, all-time India and Pakistan cricketers. So, opening the batting, Sachin Tendulkar and Said Anwar. Number three, Inzimamul Haq. Number four, Virat Kohli. 
Number five, Rohit Sharma. Number six, Imran Khan. Number seven, MS Dhoni, who's the captain. Number eight, Kapil Dev. Number nine, Saklain Mushtaq. Number ten, Wasim Akram. You could perhaps swap them in the order. And number 11, Jaspreet Bumrah with the 12th man, Yuvraj Singh. Not a bad side. I think they would beat most oncomers during uh, most eras of ODI <laughs> cricket. What an 11. What, what a side. Absolutely. I think uh, I think we're going to have to do a combined England-Australia 11 to put pit them against at some stage. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a, I think we've done well there. And, you know, I think, like, again... If to anybody listening that's upset about anybody being called out, it's just we're just having some fun. It's fantasy cricket, and uh, you know we're just it's a completely subjective thing. It's about what you what you value, and it, you know when you go between eras, it's it's a it's a whole new level of subjective. But you know we we're just trying to put forth cases for players that we like and we enjoyed their time and you know way the way we would visualize i think we worked through our reasons explained our reasons reasonably well so yeah i'm pretty happy to put my name against that a decent a decent combined odi 11 for sure yeah coached by nawaz and rugani maybe not maybe not we don't, we don't want to put any bad ideas in these guys heads uh, so yeah that has been uh, so much fun as uh, atif said uh, you know and it is just fun, um, and I certainly think uh, that uh, this eleven would would take on most around the world in most areas of cricket. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that episode. Uh, and next week, we will be looking at our combined all-time Test eleven. And once again, you can have your say. Just keep an eye out on the Wisden Cricket social media feeds. You can also contact us on social media at Nikesh Raghani and at Atif Nawaz, and just uh, take a moment to look at the side we've picked and think, what if? We'll be back next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.